Yeah, yeah, it's always it's, it's always some nonsense, isn't it? Like fading in, fading in as, as the music fades out. I think it was quite nice. Love it. It's a nice good, that's a good technique. There you go. Probably have a bit of this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we've got it now. Okay, good evening. Welcome to Future Sounds FM. This is episode nine. I am not Enzo. Um, I'm Tom. No. And I'm joined by Rob. Hey, man. How you doing? Just us two. It's lonely yeah. in here, isn't it? Just us two. We've been left behind as the others have all, uh, they're all off on, off on a jolly, work jolly. A massive jolly. They're at the Electronicon event in New York, and we've been left behind to man the fort. Um, what have you been up to? Well, I think we were just saying, living, living vicariously through the boys. It's funny, I saw some um, some videotape shared on on, uh, on Twitter saying, you know, who can you spot in this? And it was at the tape swap. And I was really looking for Jay or Fateman or Enzo, but I couldn't quite see it in that clip. Yeah. But I think, yeah, Are we sure they were there? Accounts, I think they're just. I think they're just making it up. They're probably in. They're probably in York, not New York. They're probably up north somewhere. No, I think they're having a great time, yeah. and I think they've got over their um, jet lag now and are getting decent sleep and then just like pounding the streets. Yeah, I was getting messages from them for at, at kind of strange times, like strangely convenient times for for me in the UK, which <laughs> meant that they were up at ridiculous yeah. times US time. Right? Yeah, yeah. I guess um, Fateman doesn't sleep much anyway, and Enzo's got a new ish baby. Or a toddler, so maybe they're just yeah. Uh, Fakeman yeah, doesn't sleep because he's he's watched the entirety of Breaking Bad again in in about sort of two days. I don't really know how that's possible. <laughs> I don't think it is is it is like actually physically time and space mm. related. Possible. Maybe he watches it, it on double speed. Hours. I think he watches on maybe on uh, maybe one point five speed. He has three screens and he has an episode on each screen <laughs> and he's just flicking between them like some sort of futurist. Um, but no, yeah, good on him. I am tempted. I thought Better Call Saul, the finale, was uh, was brilliant. Yeah, amazing. it was amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm in the market for a, for a new show, actually. I don't know if, if anybody's listening to this and wants to recommend something. It needs to be as good as, as, good as Better Call Saul. So no pressure. I mean, high stakes. I've never seen The Sopranos, have you? Yeah, I have. And yeah, that's, that's, that's on the level. I mean, you know, I, I, I need the show to be that good if I'm going to commit to it. I saw some people raving about The Leftovers. But then I saw a trailer and it had a really dodgy American accent with uh, Christopher Eccleston. <laughs> I thought, I don't know if I can do that. Um, but yeah, Succession up to date with. That's okay. bloody brilliant yeah, as well. Yeah, I think I might watch that. Nice. Go for it. But here we are, the lonely twosome. Yeah. Is there what... Um, you, you said you saw some videotapes from, from Electronicon. What in particular are you sort of uh, feeling FOMO for? Are there any oh, particular the acts you're missing out thing, on or just, just the general vibe? Well, I saw Fateman uh, stick on Instagram that he just met uh, Luxury Elite, mm-hmm. and he was like, he was very happy about that. I think just the fact that, uh, like, rubbing shoulders with these quite anonymous artists, you know, yeah. and, and then meet them in the flesh and just having a good old chat, chinwag with them, I, that I really would love to have done um, of the likes that we've done at the, at the UK gigs. But um, yeah, I'd love to see Lux uh, live. I really would. Uh, what about you, Tom? Yeah, I mean, yeah, in a more general sense, just uh, kind of what you're describing, just that, like, the artists and fans seem to be very much on a level like I, it's kind of when we interviewed luxury elite that's that's what i put to her was that she's like you know one of the the most high profile artists in in this genre but it's also like one of the most high profile fans and you you could see that you know you could see all the artists in the crowd and you know that they're all supporting each other and stuff and all these kind of photos of um you know fans and artists in, in group photos and stuff it, it looks like a re- really nice vibe so, yeah, very, yeah, very jealous. I'm not there. Yeah, the boys are taking advantage of the fact that that 
you know everyone's in town so because it you know it makes their their the filming for the nobody here project um makes that a lot more realistic and feasible doesn't it yeah although as i was saying you can really only realistically interview about three people a day yeah so how long are they out there for i don't know a week i think right it's gonna be tight they're gonna be working hard those boys good luck to them yeah I mean, I think on on the note of the film, like I've been sort of fighting fires a little bit on on Twitter on on their behalf because there's a lot of sort of there's a, a kind of oh. <laughs> a few people who have really taken against the film kind of preemptively and have decided that it's going to be quite happy clappy that it's going to really focus on oh. the sort of George Clanton and uh, you know th- those under the 100% Electronica umbrella is going to kind of focus on on them. Um, as if you know that's all there is to vaporwave in in 2022, mm. and I just you know I, it, it, that's clearly not going to be the case. And I, I think no, you know they make you know these people uh, they're just very angry at their keyboards about something that doesn't exist yet, and <laughs> haven't seen it. Yeah, don't preempt it. A, yeah, a propaganda film isn't interesting. No, and and there was a little bit of kerfuffle I saw. Um, this week, not specifically about nobody here, mm. but there was a purist. I can't even remember the name. I'm not even going to grace it anyway. There with the handle, but uh, yeah. talking about how you know, real like vaporwave is only vaporwave is. So if like six people listen to it, and you know, it's mine, and I'm not sharing it, yeah. and and I think they took a swipe at Donor Lens, man. Well, I think Donor Lens is what what started you. it, or or this person's understanding of what Donor Lens was, because so the mm. before this multi-day meltdown ensued mm. uh, this this person had stumbled across the donor lens vapor mem- vapor memory sets which was you know like just something that that me and jay were kind of trying out like kind of reverse engineering our, our productions you know trying them out on on real instruments and stuff and you know just doing like a live live performance rather than you know a dj yeah. set or a, a laptop performance you know and this person's come across it and, you know, maybe to be fair, right, if that's all they've heard and seen about that, us, that's what they think we do. And like, you know, a kind of live-ish band isn't Vaporwave by any mm. kind of conventional sense. I could see why that annoyed them. I also don't really see why it matters. But um, <laughs> they, you know, like, I, I mean, that's a, a bad day. Some, some of the things we do as Donor Lens is, you know, not Vaporwave at all. And some of it, like, is very Vaporwave, mm. but like... You know, we don't really feel particularly constricted or, you know, forced to... It's, when we're making music, we're not thinking like, oh, God, is this vaporwave enough, blah, blah, blah. Does like, this fit into the parameters? Yeah. No. And I don't think you should creatively as an no. artist. And I, it does annoy me. We've we've all we've all got our you know our kind of strong opinions and stuff. This to be fair, this guy right. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna name him because I, actually I think what he has to say is quite interesting. It's just his his way of communicating is is very aggressive and a bit emotive. But um, the the guy is, his handle is Triton, and I think he makes music and a podcast. Um, maybe we should collaborate. Oh, okay. Called well, called Slimewire. Yeah. Um, Slimewire. But, um, oh well, let's not throw shade. Let's give it a listen and reach out because it's one big happy family. <laughs> yeah, so. podcast solidarity. I'd rather remember. It. I think this. I think yeah. this guy know, knows his shit. To be fair, and I, I, I think that is interesting. But like, it's really weird that, to it's in my opinion, uh, getting very sort of defensive and building sort of walls around uh, music that was kind of very experimental in its early form and kind of broke a bunch of rules and kind of. You know, it, it broke so many rules that it became its own thing. And then this guy has kind of built a wall around it. It kind of, by mm. building those walls, you're kind of really restricting, you know, further trailbla- further trailblazers. You know, you're kind of really restricting what, what they're able to do. 
you know or like or this mm. guy i mean you know those guys don't give a shit like as i was saying you know us as artists we don't really sit around thinking like is this gonna pass that guy's purity test but like yeah. that guy is potentially like <laughs> i don't mean donor lens specifically but he's potentially turning himself off some quite interesting music yeah yeah quite and just because it doesn't i mean like we were accused forever since we were accused of uh, gatekeeping yeah. to an extent and and i was gatekeeping to an extent and to an extent i still i try and sneak in a, a donor lens or mm-hmm. a, i don't know brother tiger i suppose or yeah. even yate onto the of the playlists and that patently isn't synthwave quote unquote yeah. but its roots are in something which is celebrating yeah. that 80s nostalgia synth based songwriting that harks back to a you know whatever a sense of nostalgia that that, that that spawned and born that that whole piece and, and I think that's right like if music doesn't grow and innovate then yeah. shoot me in the head remember, that kind of brings me to your your interview today because mm-hmm. um, Pizza Hotline yeah who is fantastic and I've only discovered it through you through you dude talking talking about him mm-hmm. um, I was so interested because I'm of an age <laughs> and I used to you know I saw like Goldie at, at Glastonbury 95 and used to go to a lot of um, drum and bass clubs in the late 90s and saw went to Jay Booker and Groove Rider and Fabio and Doc Scott and Fotec and stuff like this and, and Pizza Hotline captures that kind of drum and bass like liquid drum and bass or drum bass intelligent drum and bass yeah. or drum and bass ambient aware, all those silly terms that we used back in the day that wasn't like just like jungle yeah um beautifully he's so authentic in what he's created yeah. and i can almost you know imagine an mc coming over the top like mc comrade and i loved it so i was streaming it a lot of it last what well, i bought it and i was i was you know playing it all last night and it was giving me giving me memories man loved it <laughs> that's really cool i, I guess not his be called vaporwave <laughs> yeah well, no he's, he's not claiming to so i think he kind of dodges that yeah. accusation but yeah dodges that bullet i think um uh, I mean, he's slightly he's slightly younger, so he's he's not quite old enough to have experienced that music firsthand. You know, that music was being made in his infancy, wasn't it? So his his kind of uh, yeah, because he was born in ninety three, I think he says. Yeah, that. yeah. His Gosh. his frame of reference oh. is kind of you know discovering this music retrospectively, and and also the kind of slightly refracted version of it as presented in video mm. games. I think it's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you guys talk, not spoiler alert, um, about the about the that 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 type of music and the fact that he or you or people are discovering through video games, I was like, wow, that was crazy. Because mm-hmm. I actually discovered it through the genre and the artists and kind of hearing it in clubs and everything else. And I guess <clears throat> being forty four in a few days, oh, wow. I guess I missed I missed the video game piece. Yeah. It's just a, it was an optimistic time, wasn't it? And I think like having these kind of futuristic, fast-paced beats, you know, it was like um, everything. There was, there was just a sense that everything was moving forwards, right? Like that the, there was kind yeah. of this this unstoppable um, kind of march of progress. Like you know, literally, right? Ninety-seven thing things can only get better, right? Like that. Yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The time and history and technology and society like everything's progressing in a state in a straight line and actually like young people today really don't have that conviction anymore no no and and nor not to get downbeat on it but the world's in a bit of a funny state right now yeah. and you know i fear for our kids and everything else about what we're, how we've <laughs> we've left the planet for them yeah. but you're actually right like i was in my second year of uni yeah. in 97 and i felt a, a, an extraordinary sense of optimism yeah and everything culturally um 
you know, musically, politically, everything was going in the direction that was that was kind of like this is improvement and you can do this and this is the groundswell and yeah. the future's bright and yeah, like literally and figuratively. And so uh little did I know <laughs> my best my best years, some of some of my best years were in was in that period. Yeah. Amazing. So big, big up Pizza Hotline for capturing some of that. Yeah. We've lost this kind of sense of optimism and maybe we've gained a sense of realism that like, you know, things don't always get better. There, There's like much more, you know, it's, it's, I mentioned it in the interview, it's what Simon Reynolds calls re- retromania, which is the, you know, po- popular music kind of um, eating its own tail a little bit, like going going back over things. It's not a new thing, but like it's, it's happening a lot. And I think young people who listen to you know this retro music you know vaporwave synthwave even including this kind of pizza hotline stuff they're they're kind of getting a taste of that sort of uh futuristic optimism you know and you kind of i think like literally the sound of this this intelligent drum and bass this this ambient jungle stuff it sounds so optimistic and fast-paced and you know everything's kind of warping warping by it sounds so futuristic it sounds so positive so propulsive mm. yeah it's funny it, it is like uh, it was such a sense of um almost a sense of melancholy and loss <laughs> when i was listening to it because because i remember the times as it was but it does give me optimism i hope that 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 music like that is being made and instilling and evoking yeah um those feelings in in, in young people today um because <laughs> if we don't have that you know we're all a bit buggered <laughs> but um yeah powerful music is power yeah I mean, on a functional level as well, like this, this kind of music serves, it's like brilliant for dancing because it's so fast paced and you can just kind of let loose and it's brilliant for soundtracking sports and racing video games. It really gives you that sense of speed and stuff like when perhaps the technology wasn't quite, you know, up there to really like convey this sense of realism. You still had to kind of um, inject your own imagination. You know, you're looking at, you know, you're playing Mm. PlayStation 1 and you're looking at a quite pixelated car on Gran Turismo and stuff but like I think that <laughs> yeah. the that really you know the rapid music is really kind of helping give that that sense of speed and rush and you know you know that's true I didn't think of it like that you know if you're putting yourself uh, in the in the mind of a, a child or a teenager in the 90s or early noughties playing that kind of those kind of games like you can just imagine how exhilarating it would have been yeah 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 it takes you it takes you beyond the modest graphics uh, mm-hmm. elements that there were uh, in the media this week I think that there must have been an anniversary where they were talking about Goldeneye yeah uh, or whatever and uh, I remember Andy Last of Beyond Sin talking a lot about Goldeneye being his favourite game and how they just innovated and broke the rules and turned it into this multiplayer beast yeah and they weren't trying to be you know breaking any boundaries or particular and they were trying to cut their teeth on the game and then just be- took off and became this absolute you know mark in the sand and yeah. uh, I love that sense of you know teams coming together and just like going for it and creating something which then it's so cool. It kind of plays very fast and loose with the the fact that it's a sort of franchise James Bond game, right? Like it's it it's really barely does. got it's yeah. barely got anything to do with it. <laughs> yeah. And like even with the music in in the N sixty four Golden, I like it's the a lot of the famous tunes. There's there's like a, a, I think it's the the menu theme. It's like it's basically got like a kind of trap beat, and it's it is the James Bond theme but it's almost unrecognizable and it's presented in this like <laughs> really icy grimy kind of um trap 
drill style beats is amazing. <laughs> uh, Absolutely amazing. It sounds like it could be like a Wiley instrumental or something. It's unbelievable. That's great. In, in, and at that time as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. You see people on TikTok now, like um, there's like a little tiny subgenre of actually quite young kids, like like Gen Z kids, and they, they do stuff like uh, they're pretending to be like the head of Nintendo or whatever and saying like, oh, you know, composer guy we need like uh, a, a nice bit of music for this new like golden eye game like it doesn't have to go too hard don't worry about it and then it like cut they they cut to like being musicians like playing in the theme and stuff and they're just like absolutely vibing <laughs> wow. to this banger oh i love that yeah. that it's just inspired yeah. uh, a whole new generation but i think that's well, that's I, the I'll pizza hotline thing right like taking almost like you're taking game music the gaming away from the game music and it's like actually this music even yeah. on its own was absolutely brilliant but you might not have been paying too much attention to it at, at the time because you were absorbed in the yeah. game side of things and I think a lot of people are doing that now with Synthwave I've seen like people like Occam's Laser um, you know um, uh, sort of signing off the any rights to pay him or whatever yeah. just like just use my music for background or, or for or for YouTubing or Twitching yeah. with, with playing games with, with him in the background and stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, people may be paying attention, but the, again, like you said, the momentum and the power and the energy of those tracks, and if people discover a bit of Dark Synth or Cyber Synth or Cyber Wave, yeah. like whilst they're playing these games or watching watching people playing these games, which I believe blockage through these days, yeah. um, then that's, uh, yeah, that's great and exhilarating. Yeah, it's, it's really immersive, isn't it? It's, it's, it's as old as anything. It's as old as opera or theatre, like music, music and visuals combined. You know, it's powerful, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Was it the front cover of uh, was it Edge? Yeah, yeah, the DJ Shadow uh, thing. DJ. Yeah. yeah, and then you can see people just like digging in the crates yeah. on the front cover of the album, and it's just like I found a I found a break, I found a break, I found mm-hmm. a break. Um, missed that, love that, but actually, it's probably happening right now. Yeah, probably in vaporwave. Yeah, um, well, it does, and it, it you know, and it happens, samples. and you know, digging through through YouTube or sort of hacking the algorithm. I think we had we did an episode with melonade ages ago and he was kind of talking about how he kind of manipulates the algorithm to to sort of chuck up really interesting kind of finds his way you know that's, that's digging through the crates um, but it's you know clicking through the thumbnails i guess you know <laughs> yeah very different yeah. it's not as tactile uh but um so i was talking of um record digging there's a there's a very famous picture of of Björk digging through through the crates um really iconic photos just kind of lodged in my brain but um i saw you're quite excited about this this new Björk album that's just been announced right yeah i can't remember how it was explained um you'll have to remind me of the tweet but I, I'm, I'm totally sort of here for it it said it was like sort of industrial this and like yeah so my understanding is that it's um she's got like a bass clarinet sextet as as, as her band <laughs> and an, totally, and an totally indonesian gabba duo um <laughs> That's it, yeah. and uh so like the more serious side of it i think is that is kind of family based and she's got her son and her daughter singing with her and i think oh, a lot okay. of the songs are for her mother who died um but oh, well. but i've also seen interviews with her where she's like oh the rest of it just like sounds like you're walking in nature and then like one of your mates does a big fart like <laughs> so, <laughs> um it sounds really promising i i absolutely adore Björk, but um some yeah. her, her most recent projects I've, I've enjoyed but like maybe because i'm older and jaded and i don't have that like r- emotional attachment to music that i had when i was a teenager and discovering Björk's music mm. for the first time but the last few records haven't like completely sort of got me 
um, you know, in the way that something like Vespertine or, or, or Debut did, you know, back in the day. No, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, they're quite heavy going, aren't they? They are, mm. they are. And you have to be in a certain mood to listen yeah. to it and, a, and, a, and, a, and maybe a certain pretension. Yeah. I don't know. Well, she's been going um, through shit yeah, in certainly. her life, I think. That's, that's more where it is and she's been reflecting that. Mm. And I think that's right. Artists need to reflect where they are. I remember being disappointed at some of um, PJ Harvey's latest stuff. It's like, oh, it doesn't sound like dry. Yeah. Or it doesn't sound like... And it's like, well, who cares? Like, she's making the music she yeah. wants to that, that's, that's, you know, that's reflective of where she is and her state of mind and the way she's living right now. And it's not for you, Rob. Yeah. Uh, stop being grumpy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you're, like, you're, you're, you're like that guy. <laughs> Slimewire. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't sound like I want PJ Harvey to sound yeah. when she was wearing a pink cat suit at Glastonbury. You know? Yeah, you can't. But, um, since you she... can't force artists to do that over and over again. Like some some great artists do repeat themselves over and over again, and that and that's fine. But so, a lot of artists, you know, move about, and that's also fine. When you're a teenager, you're you're so impressionable. Your brain is kind of hardwired to have that emotional reaction to because it, you're discovering things for yourself, right? Like it's not. Um, you know, you're more influenced by your friends, less influenced by your family. You know, your family's tastes mm. don't impact on you so much. Your friends' tastes do. You're getting more of a sense of kind of um, yourself as an individual and stuff. And the discoveries you make independently, like, really hit home. And I think I think that's mm. what, you know, Peter Hotline was, was saying in his interviews, like, during the lockdown, he was a bit kind of dissatisfied with his, like, main music gig, the sort of minimal techno dub techno stuff he was doing yeah um and just something motivated him to go back over the video games of his youth i think he said that he was just playing those games and maybe in the process of playing them became you know something a light bulb went off in his head and was like oh i i want to revisit these sounds because you know they're doing something for me they're probably going to yeah, do yeah. you know I'm not, i don't want to put words in his mouth but like they're doing something for me they're probably going to do something for other people you know um, who had a similar experience to me and you know he's right no. because uh his his albums had half a million streams on the uh 4am breaks youtube channel so you know there's an audience wow for no absolutely and i said and i saw again like you know full circle sega magazine or whatever yeah um did a feature on him and i think the sega offices were saying well, yeah we were streaming this album when we were pulling an all-nighter so like you know the video games that inspired him he's now inspiring with his video game you know, evocative music. Uh, I, I like that. Yeah, I, I like stuff like that that comes around. Yeah. Um, so, great chat, man. But we've uh, yeah, we've probably we've probably we've probably talked too much. We certainly haven't exhausted the topic. But shall we? Shall we dig in? This is uh, Tom's interview with uh, Pizza Hotline. Yeah, I'm I'm here in my home studio with Pizza Hotline. Um, good evening. Good evening, Tom. Thanks for having me. Welcome, you're my first in-person guest um, for the Future Sounds podcast. It's very, very exciting. Hopefully the first of many. Uh, I want to kick things off with a question, which is, where were you in 92? In 92? Yeah. I didn't exist. Oh, man. <laughs> I was a twinkle in my daddy's eye. Uh, in 93, however, I was, yeah. I was born. And then you started making up for lost time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a good question. Good album. Um, See, so, well, you know it, the, the zombie record, Yeah, of do course, you? of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing, amazing. So we, we talk about that a bunch um, on the podcast because um, really seems to kind of be the sort of the, the first statement of this kind of vapor rave thing mm. in as much, you know, this is a kind of retconned term that the Enzo, from, Enzo from MPF has made up, but 
this kind of nostalgic rave sound. Yeah. Zombie was doing it sort of 10 years before any of us were. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, big up Zombie. Yeah, big up. And you know, it's a record that like I, I've listened to, but I don't know as, intimate, as intimately as I'd love to. Mm-hmm. So moving forward, I'm definitely going to go home and give it a serious listen. But it's, didn't it come back out on Dream Catalog? Or did some... Yeah, I think they did a cassette run of it, which I don't know how That's... they managed to kind of get that sort of licensing. I think it's a bit of a naughty record anyway, because it's uh... littered with, with naughty samples. It's got sort of Aaliyah samples, that, that float mm. sample. Well, um, I know loads about Rock that. the Boat. <laughs> uh, naughty samples. Well, just, I don't know, like my album, I, I sampled a few bits and bobs. Oh, but... it was all original. <laughs> We're going to have to wrap it up. Yeah. Get, out, get out of my house. Sorry, I'm going to have to leave now. Oh, man, That's illegal. <laughs> Yeah, that that record. Yeah, if you don't know it, where were you in '92 by Zombie? Fascinating record, and yeah, it, it did did come back on Dream Catalog with a cassette release. And I think HKE from Dream Catalog seems to be tight with Zombie. Like uh, Zombie gave him a leg up um, mm. earlier in his career, and they have a lot in common. Kind of spiky characters, um, <laughs> yeah, with yeah. Yeah, kind of interesting ideas and kind of. Um, yeah, in this very sort of UK music mold, like like burial, this kind of uh, refracted rave sounds, and it's it's a, it's a really fascinating thing. And I think it's relevant to what you do. This kind of burial sound, this zombie sound, like club music that's been transplanted out of the club. Yeah, that's fair to say. Yeah, I, I, that's a better way to describe it than I. I always just say loungy, but like I think yeah, club music that's been transplanted out of the club is a really good way to put it. Yeah, that's the pretentious way to put yeah. it. Yeah, I've actually seen you use a, a better adjective, which is fruity. Fruity. Where did I? See? Yeah, is that on my? I've on seen it on your on your, on your Spotify bio. Yeah, fruity. I, I really like it because I think um, you know the 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 Pizza Hotline project. You know, it's it's referential and nostalgic, and it has it's got a playfulness. Literally playfulness, you know, the, the kind of PlayStation, this this gaming idea, this this kind of mucking around with with, sun, with, with sounds, and I think uh, fruity is like a good a good mm. way to describe it. Yeah, you know, like actually, it's never really occurred to me, but maybe this is a bit more relevant. Uh, maybe this was subliminal when I came up when I said my music was fruity. I've always been obsessed with the sound design of video games, mm-hmm. and that's kind of one of the main inspirations, like the sound design specifically, not the music. But, yeah, and that's been one of the main inspirations for like my Pizza Hollow music, but. One of my favorite sounds ever is the sound that when Crash Bandicoot collects a wampa fruit. Okay. It's like a little kind of... Yeah. And that is a really fruity sound to me. And I might actually, I might actually do, yeah. some, do can, something with that. Can you, uh, can you send that to me and I'm going to litter this uh, episode with it. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to go nuts on the soundboard with it. When we, um, when we start swearing over and over, you can beat yeah, my, yeah. Beat my this swearing This is a family-friendly <laughs> Vaporwave, Synthwave and yeah. uh, Vaporwave podcast. <laughs> can beep it out, yeah. That's cool. So uh, I think we kind of established where you, where you were in '92, which is nowhere, or is, you were you were minus you're in minus years. Um, what is the origin story of Pizza Hotline? Like, what's what's the the source of the name? Why why do you do what you do? And what do you do? What do I do? Um, so I, well, I've been making music for a long time, uh, electronic music under a different alias, which mm-hmm. I won't go into too much. But no, I think I think you should. Yeah, if you okay. want to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, the my previous alias is called El Chup, E L space C H O P, and I make very serious sounding, like deep bedroom mm-hmm. techno or dub techno. Yeah. Uh, it's not like some some of the stuff's quite dance floory, but mm, I'd say seventy five percent of my back catalogue is very more like just kind of mm-hmm. like dub music. Dance floor at a, at a weird time. Yes. Yeah. At Eleven yeah. o'clock on the yeah. Sunday morning. You know, <laughs> three people on the dance <laughs> yeah, floor. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So yeah, that's very. And I'm quite. I'm not a very serious guy, but like I, for some reason I used to make really, and I still do sometimes make serious 
techno music. And I did that for a long time and it's kind of great and I'll still contribute towards it. But I may, yeah, then I started Pizza Hotline in parallel with it. Mm -hmm. And I actually started it because I, I did get really obsessed with Vaporwave and I started making Vaporwave uh, just for me, just to muck around and just to have fun. Because the, re- the thing I really liked about Vaporwave when I first found it was that I was in a time when I was in university and I, you know, when, you, when you're in academia and you, you take yourself so seriously mm-hmm. with all the theory and stuff and you're like, I'm changing the world with my mind and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And um, <clears throat> I got really deep into technical music production, like obsessively, like how distortion works at like a kind of like harmonic level and all this kind of crazy stuff. I did my dissertation on like repetition in music and like how it changes your mind, uh, how it affects your mind and why it's there oh. and why we enjoy it. That was a lot of fun. And... Um, uh, uh, yeah, and what, the thing I liked about vape, Vaporwave was that it was the complete opposite of everything I'd learnt or been taught to do. Mm. It's like, <laughs> you know, like you're, you're always taught, come up with your own ideas or, you know, uh, you, you know, we were taught to sample, but Vaporwave is a bit of a kind of a refreshing thing in terms of production because it was a bit like, well, you know that, that music you, that, that you, you used to spend like weeks and weeks making? It's like, oh, here's one that you can spend minutes and minutes making. Yeah. And I love that. It was really... Ref- it's probably better than the stuff you were laboring over as well because it's like immediate and the, the artists is just... You, it, their ideas are like coming out like raw. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's something about that that I loved and there's something about that that I find hilarious mm-hmm. but at the same time really enjoyable. And it like... It got rid of all that seriousness around yeah. music that like that was kind of blocking me a bit maybe yeah. and so i only made one vaporwave ep and i put it up on my own label that i called uh, around the water cooler and it's like yeah. a very corporate themed label i was obsessed with this like you know i had it had i had my own fictional high-rise building that was called generic high-rise incorporated and that was where it was run from but it was just my bedroom when i was in uni and stuff anyway and that was like my first pizza hotline thing and maybe that was like i don't know 2018 yeah i, I made the ep on a bed in a hotel in Thailand in like one evening, the whole thing. And it was from things that I'd recorded around Australia when I was traveling because mm-hmm. I, I moved to Australia for a bit. And um, I just put it up on the internet and it didn't really like, you know, didn't get many hits or anything. And then um, every now and again, I would, when I say every now and again, I mean every year or every couple of years, I'd have a bit of an idea that wasn't, that didn't fit into my very serious techno stuff. Yeah, It kind of fit into my, it kind of, it didn't fit into it. And then Peter Hotline just became a, a space for me to like, to create anything that wasn't this serious techno music I was making and there was not really any rhyme or reason I made so I made the vapor AVP then I made like a I'm not sure if you heard it it's called pressing business it's is that the one on Seiko Mart yeah no pressing business came out on City Man Productions oh, okay and that was the first album I made yeah. and it's basically like you know that Larry Heard house music sound Mr. Yeah. Fingers yep. I became obsessed with that specific bonky FM bassline sound. Yeah, DX100. I've got one of those. Oh, is that around. one of the DX100? Yeah, yeah, is it an FM it's, it's called, Yeah, that bass sound uh, is called the Lately Bass. Le- yeah, 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 you're yeah. right, it is. It's uh, amazing. Patch 2, it's called Solid it? Bass. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Is it, have you got Let's it? nerd out. Is it working? Have you got it going? Yeah, it's upstairs. It's, it's, so it's cool. in my baby's room. One day we've got to get it out. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. It's, that's what he uses. Yeah, um, Lately Bass. It's a classic sound. So that, that sound just yeah. blew my, like, has always blown my mind. I remember, I think that was the first house music record I ever heard. And it was on the, I think it was on Radio 4 and they were doing a documentary about electronic okay. music in Chicago and they played yeah. 30 seconds of it when I was maybe 14 and I didn't know what it was called and it took me about five years to, f- to hear it. I wow. didn't look for it actively, it just popped up again. Yeah. And I think that was the r- record like most people, cha- completely changed my life and completely yeah. changed how I look at music and what it is to me. Um, so I made an album 
basically molded around that entire sound. But what I was doing was making house music around 125 BPM, recording it to cassette and completely blasting it, like really distorting it, pitching it down to like 80 BPM. So it was this like, you know when you pitch stuff down on tape? Have you ever done that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you have. It makes this nasty, sludgy, distorted like... Yeah. And then I, sometimes what I do with the tunes, I record them back in, then record them back to tape and pitch them down again or pitch them up and get all these weird things. Yeah. And the whole album is based around this sound. It's like 80 BPM sludgy Chicago house um, and I made that that was an album I made and then I made an album when I got obsessed with dream punk yeah so I made a dream punk album that's called it's a bit of a silly one it's called Delivery Boy 2099 that's what I was listening to okay right. cool yeah and that's done a lot of the same technique all the tunes are made a lot yeah. faster and slowed down on tape yeah. to give it that really unique distortion yeah. sound that you can't really get with plugins um so I did a lot of that on that album and, and I, I really like that record actually like I'm going to release that again on my own label um and then uh, maybe two and a half years go by and uh, the pandemic hits and then I I wasn't making music at all. I was really, really sick of it. Just, I don't know, nothing was doing anything for me as in one of those weird times. And I became really obsessed with old video games. Uh, again, I've always been obsessed with video games my entire life, but this time was very particular. Like yeah. Video games of your youth. Exactly. Yeah, yeah re-experiencing my, my youth. And, and, you know, it's like going back, what, what, I, what I was doing was going back and learning things that previously had just flown over my head with games. Yeah. Maybe the sound design, because now I possess more technical knowledge and I can understand that stuff. When I was a kid, I was just like, oh, you know, little sounds. But, you know, when you go back and watch The Simpsons again, there's loads of jokes that you never... Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the same thing. And um, I, um, I, I was listening... Basically, what I was doing was I, I, I was finding... I accidentally discovered that in lots of these old video games I was playing, so this is, I think this is the sixth or fifth generation of consoles, they call it. So that's N64. Um, oh, no, wait. No, I'm not. It's not the sixth generation. Anyway, it's the kind of N64, PS1, Sega Saturn, Dreamcast, yeah. PS2 style consoles. I think they yeah. span different... My era as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, similar ages. And uh, h- hidden in the soundtracks of these... Uh, uh, sorry, I keep saying um, hidden in these soundtracks is um, I've got a plug in for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, hidden in these soundtracks is a lot of amazing, amazing drum and bass and jungle, yeah. or just breakbeat style music. Some of it's quite innocent early drum and bass that doesn't really know where it is. And yeah. and, and and I, I was especially find- the N sixty four stuff on the snowboarding games and stuff. Ten eighty snowboarding yeah, games, yeah, yeah. racing games. Yeah. Uh, the best one is Bomberman Hero. Yeah, for the N sixty four, that is like such a good record every yeah. track in it is a song that comes up on all those mixes on all those, those yeah. video game jungle mixes so I was listening to that and I was digging and I was trying to find tunes that maybe weren't on YouTube and there's quite a lot yeah. and, and like a lot of it's quite like not very well mixed and like really basic like you can hear it's like yeah. early DAW computer music so yeah. what, really basic they were limited with the, what they could reproduce on the consoles as well with the sound chips totally Yeah. Totally. especially on the N64 that yeah. era of consoles mm-hmm. yeah exactly and like and also like they did use the sound chips and then but I guess this 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 um, the, the disc based media they had they could have Redbook Audio or just yeah. like WAVs and MP3 and yeah. stuff so they could like do more interesting music rather than the previous kind of chip tune stuff yeah. and um, I just became obsessed with digging digging for it and I, it refreshed my love for electronic music and it just refl- refreshed my love for music in general and I just spent maybe like the maybe like a year and a half or a year the, uh, listening to this music just constantly nothing else. And I didn't even talk to anyone about it. I was just listening to it and like, yeah. it wasn't all just jungle and drum bass, just anything that I found cool. Yeah. And it was the only thing that was really doing it for me. And I just find myself making it, you know, that's, and without even thinking about it. And I was yeah. just making what I wanted to, what I was hearing. And 
I was just kind of, and then, yeah, I started making, uh, I guess you'd call it liquid drum and bass, but it's kind of 90s themed, a bit melodic, yeah. a bit playful, a bit video game themed, lots of video game samples in there, a bit of an homage to a bit of a pastiche of video game Sonics. And yeah, um, yeah that's, that's how it became. And the name is the name of a takeaway in Heron Hill in South London. And a not very good one, I hear. A not very good one. It's yeah. really bad. But you Does it go. sell things, not pizza? Can you get chicken wings? You can. I think it's one of those places that just does it all. Yeah. You know, it's a middleman between the freezer centre and you. It's just, yeah. there's nothing good about it. But um, they sell chicken wings, they sell stuff, but they sell pizza. And the sign is amazing. Like, if you want to see it, you can just Google Pizza Hotline South London. But on my Instagram, I managed to get a really good shot of it at night time. Yeah. It's a bit like your uh, midnight store. Mm-hmm. Really similar kind of vibe, yeah. you know, uh, kind of like corporate, not corporate, um, capitalist kind of, yeah, you yeah. know. And um, that's where the name came from. And I was late night delights. Exactly, it's just like that. So, and and I just I was walking past it one night, and I just thought that is such a funny name. And yeah. I used to buy the pizza from there when I was really drunk. Yeah. And I'd come home, and my girlfriend would be like, "Why have you bought pizza hotline pizza again? It's the worst pizza ever." And I, you know, when you're drunk, you just have no cognition yeah. really so and i'd always it was always a bit of a meme in my house that i'd end up with it and i would regret it <laughs> that's funny i mean if the, if this wasn't going to turn into even more of a, a loving but we've we're finding we've got uh, an awful lot in common so yeah you you've got your um your record named after sort of late night establishment we've got our midnight store record so the donor lens album midnight store named after late night establishment you said your you made a record of samples that you uh found in thailand that record there, Miracle Lounge, the first one with the Thai writing on it. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is super cool. Yeah, no, it's also super weird. I, yeah. think, I think we might have sort of split our personalities. We might be the parent trap. Are we brothers? Yeah, we just had babies. Yeah. Like, I'm not even joking. We just had children yeah. that are the same age. <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah, this is, we're going to have like a parenting section of this podcast, shall we? <laughs> yeah. Any tips for new dads out there? Ten tips for new dads. How to yeah. change nappies without getting leaks. <laughs> yeah, just just leave it a moment. I think Does, you can just leave him there. Give, give him a second to finish his business. You know? <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Not apparent. They, this podcast often derails into um, dad chat because uh, a lot of the other guys who, who present on this show are, are, are parents and um, gets derailed into football chat as well, which I think nobody wants to hear. There are enough football <laughs> podcasts. There are enough. I, I like my football, but, you know. Yeah. But we'll, we'll, we'll stay away from that, especially because you live in North London, so it could be, it could be risky. You might, <laughs> you might support the other team. <laughs> yeah, we, we won't go there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the other thing, actually, my final thing on the, that we've got too much in common, and I'm sorry if this is absolutely sickening to listen Let's to. Let's go um, for it. I had like the most 90s childhood so my dad worked for a video games company really? called Acclaim who were like <gasps> one of the big ones your dad worked for Acclaim yeah yeah so oh. I had I had like the most 90s childhood like, what he, did he do so he, he had a boring job he was he worked in finance but um <gasps> so he was he was just doing accounts for them yeah uh not too successfully because they went bankrupt. Um, <laughs> Single-handedly by your dad? Yeah, that's what not. <laughs> his bezeling, that's what paid for the studio. Yeah. Um, Why? That's so but cool. I remember, yeah, just like uh, being a kid in this era, there's the kind of era... I mean, I remember sort of, uh, it was Mega Drive, not Genesis in the UK, wasn't it? Gen- it was. Genesis was first, my was first console. So Amazing. I remember that era and I remember sort of having OG Game Boys and stuff, but really my formative years were with N64 mm. and PlayStation 1 and 2. Yeah. And the Dreamcast, actually, I fucking loved the Did Dreamcast. You have one? Yeah, playing Sonic <gasps> Adventure and stuff on mm. the Dreamcast, it just felt like the future. There was a lot of acclaim stuff on the N64, I seem to remember, yeah. specifically, right? So they licensed loads of sports titles and uh. racing titles and... Um, um, yeah, things like uh, Zero G, uh, correction, I meant Extreme G Racing and F Zero. 
which was like a sort of wipeout style kind of like fast racing game loads of drum and bass on that yeah those sci-fi racing mm-hmm. games are the best for yeah, fun top tip for the sample yeah. diggers if you want to dig for sick like really forward thinking for the time drum mm-hmm. and bass yep. look or just breaks like look yep. in those those like and there's a load out there that you might not have heard of as well like that like there's there's copies of wipeout you know yep. yeah um they made a title called Burnout, which was like a car crash game. It's nice, super successful, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, lots of cool music in, in that. Like again, like not always drum and bass, but like sometimes just kind of aggressive break sounds at different mm. tempos or like balls out techno kind of sounds. Yeah, yeah. And like there's a lot of trancey, really yeah, yeah. like acid trance. Because yeah. I guess like this was a really interesting time in music and video games because yeah. video games like the PS1 era were the the, the developers and the, the 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 developers of the consoles and the games were trying to. Uh, make their games seem appealing to older audiences because they had more disposable income and they wanted to tap into that market because previously it was just like younger kids yeah especially Sony versus Nintendo is a big distinction right they they marketed them themselves at like a pre and post clubbing audience yeah and that's why that was an activity like a sesh there was this spill of like interesting electronic music into these games I think that must be have been why they wanted to make their games sound edgy yeah you get pumped up before you go to the club or you wind down afterwards like I think it was the same time like uh this kind of intersection between uh club culture and outside club cultures like the, the chill out music was so kind of prevalent as mm. well you think about sort of air and more cheaper and like all those those kind of big acts groove armada and yeah. stuff like that and it's like it's like a, a klf mm. all that kind of stuff even apex twin selected ambient works yeah of like course these these kind of post club kind of sesh sounds mm. so i think mm. In your music, I hear a lot, and and in these games, in the like the first time round, you hear club sounds in a non-club setting. You know, coming out of your little TV set, mm-hmm. and for for pe- maybe for people who are too young to kind of experience clubbing. So there's obviously something gets kind of distorted and refracted in that experience, right? You're not listening to these this music on like in massive PA speakers. Mm. I think that's it. I just think that's that's an interesting thing, like this this kind of and i think there's something about this drum and bass music which actually translates quite well like the maybe the bass doesn't translate very well but the drums fucking do yeah yeah same with uh ringtones polyphonic ringtones oh you that's know? that's an untapped yeah. well maybe it's tapped but like yeah there's a lot of jungle in the old ringtones you're witch to limewire i don't know that, that, <laughs> that could be a really good really we good. we joke about ringtone bangers bluetooth bangers we call oh, them like the the yes. the kind of um yeah. niche baseline kind of sounds like yeah. a well overdue a comeback that yeah, kind of sheffield nottingham speed garage sound oh, of course niche yeah, yeah. niche music yeah that would be really cool yeah i just remember having the most awfully low res tunes on my phone because mm-hmm. like obviously the lower the res the more you could store on there yeah, yeah. and like it would take like half an hour to send a track to your mate on the bus yeah. you'd be like oh send me that did you have to physically make contact you kind of have to bumper bumper to bumper your phones that was infrared yeah, yeah okay and that infrared. that that you couldn't move them yeah, yeah. like ha- i remember doing that you you could send pictures you could send um you could just naughty pictures uh, of course <laughs> pixels pepperoni with with pineapple very naughty um <laughs> Um, yeah, and and yeah, just loads of gifts and stuff like that. Yeah. So such an interesting stage in the history yeah. of technology. Yeah, you know, like really, really early memes as well, right? You think how yeah. kind of fast memes travel now and think how yeah. slow memes traveled, you know, 15, 20 years ago. So cool. It's kind of hilarious. I think yeah. like any Gen Z kids listening to this, they must be... Yeah. Um, uh, amused yeah yeah and, and you know yeah <laughs> these like, two dads chat people our age are really trying to like, really ex- re-experiencing that 
you know, with yeah. fresh, as I said earlier, with fresh ears and fresh minds and going, wow, that's so interesting what we did. Yeah, because it's bizarre. Super bizarre. And, yeah. and you know, we've, we live in a, a world now, like in, a, the internet age, which seems, I mean, I mean, I'm sure anyone would say this at the time they're existing, but it seems like it's been the same for a longer time, as in the last 10 years seem <clears throat> a lot more homogenized than the yeah. last 20 years apart. Yeah, what's the difference between an iPhone 13 and an iPhone 10? It's yeah. exactly what I mean. Yeah. Like, back then it just seems like completely different you know and the the tech was more fun as well i know it sounds like boomer chat but like (laughs) you like every generation of of kind of phones or whatever would look completely different they'd be yeah freaking nuts the flip phones and you get you know what the the kind of gaming ones what they called the engage engage, Engage. that's an idea for an album yeah yeah or really yeah format motorola yeah that's that'd be funny motorola pebble motorola razor everything that was so stylish in the noughties it was super stylish and like edgy and everyone was trying to make things look sharp and like really different and and not super minimalist it was a bit more maximalist and a lot of colors and stuff but yeah it was a great time yeah great time i've got a bit of a theory um, that maybe extends to that kind of sort of design type thing. I like everything kind of up until sort of Apple took over, mm. which is that like a lot of the music that we're talking about, like be it drum and bass in a club context or drum and bass um, in the kind of gaming or even the ringtone context, a lot of this music is being made by British composers or Japanese composers and not American composers. And it's almost like this, yeah. this time was like a brief escape from the kind of dominance of of like... American monoculture like Mm -hmm. you just you know you see a credit in in a movie or game listing and you just kind of assume that they're American but like this this seemed to be a time when 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 like Japanese and British composers or you know uh, artists were were really at the forefront and at the vanguard and it was actually the American artists who were playing catch-up like I saw an interview with Chad Hugo from the Neptunes where he's talking about hearing drum and bass for the first time showing it to Pharrell and Pharrell was like, "What's this video game shit? Like, we we can't we can't play this in our sets because like nobody will know how to dance to it." And Chad yeah. Hugo was like, "No, no, I trust." When was that? Like, so the, the interviews in Pitchfork recently. You know, they do this thing where they interview artists that like very they talk about what they were listening to at various ages, like five, ten, fifteen, mm. whatever. Mm. And I think this was when he was in his twenties, maybe. And I think mm. he'd been in the UK and discovered some stuff. Same with the Roots, actually. You know, Questlove, the, the drummer in the Roots, mm-hmm. uh, they were based in London for a bit and they were going nuts over these jungle sounds and they started sneaking it into their, their kind of hip-hop tunes. Wow. Yeah. It's such a popular thing. Yeah. And, and you, you know, you mentioned Japanese producers, like, you, do you know Soishi Tarada? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like he's he's like my hero. And, mm-hmm. um, you That's know, it, it, my secret weapons in DJ sets always. Apescape. No, or, what's the what's the call the, the the days of the week one Monday, uh, Monday Tuesday, yeah uh, it's from the Thursday, album um, Sounds from the Far East yeah, that right, is yeah. just a stun- he's made two st- seminal albums in different styles like yeah. Apescape was like the video game jungle kind of thing uh, Have yeah, you I knew to that? I knew he did video games but yeah I only really oh, know his club tracks it, it's yeah. like it's phenomenal mate it's mm. actually coming out on it's going to get re released soon on a label. Um, and so yeah, I want to grab grab a copy of that on vinyl. But um, yeah. yeah, and he almost made, made some, also made this seminal house record, which is called Signs of the Far East. Yeah. And they're both two of my biggest inspirations for yeah. Peter Hotline stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's some p- particularly fruity sampling going on. I think they couldn't license some of it for that Sounds from the Far East mm. release because it's a collection, isn't it? It's a compilation, I think. Of stuff of, like made, twelve inches. Yeah, because he he does like really fruity versions of um, Purple Haze by Jimi Hendrix yeah. and. Yeah. Um, 
What's that? That that, that future. Uh, I wanna be with you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Our mentor, Magic. Um, that Italo disco song. Um, oh, is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. does a particularly fruity version of that, and that's that's since become like a big future funk banger. Macross. Okay, yeah. Macross his stuff, something something. His stuff sounds perfect for future funk. Like Suichi Torada. Yeah, I don't yeah. know much about future funk yeah, at all, but I can imagine that it gets sampled a lot. Maybe we can talk about the our, our sort of lack of understanding of future funk um, leading into a, a lack of understanding of the term vaporwave. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've been chatting sort of, you know, us and the My Pet Flamingo Boys and stuff um, about, you know, say, saying that Level Select kind of falls under this definition of, of vaporwave, like started by a zombie with this Where Were You record and that, that we did as three-piece suites with our Innocence record. We've got a new album coming out. Um I've lost my train of thought through promoting my own record. <laughs> hey, I really liked it. I listened to it this week. Well, last week, actually. It's super cool. Really interesting. Oh, yeah, okay. So, oh, yeah, Vaporave, Vaporave, Vaporave as Future Funk. So, yeah, Vaporwave does not mean Future Funk, um, although can can see, you know, how, how that conclusion might have been drawn. That's, yeah, That's what I thought when yeah. you said to me, yeah. Um, and um, people, yeah, people are calling my uh, level select, like all the people in the YouTube comments are like, Vaporwave drum and bass, Vaporwave mm-hmm. drum. I, I didn't even mean for it to be like that. I'm not one of yeah. those people who goes, Hi, Dave, you call my music this thing I didn't intend on. Yeah. But I don't care what people call it. They can call yeah, it whatever. People they want. get precious, don't they? Yeah, I'm not like that. I'm really mm-hmm. quite, I don't take life very seriously. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, everyone's just calling level select that music, which is yeah. kind of interesting. I didn't ever mean for that, but I can yeah. see the association. Yeah, that's the best position to be in. Like, I know I've talked about this on the podcast before, but like my area of specialism, like, was also minimalist music, like, like, like yours was in an academic setting. And like a lot of these minimalist classical composers are very precious about being called minimalists. Then they don't <laughs> like it, even though the term has served them like fucking well. Do you mean American minimalism? Yeah, yeah, oh, Steve Wright, John, yeah. Uh, you know, um, John yeah, Adams. Big into class. that, yeah. really big into that. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's so much of that in electronic music whether consciously or subconsciously it really kick-started mm. especially that yeah. these guys like Steve Reich were, were doing electronic music yeah. like they were doing electronic music in a way that's closer to how we do it much closer than some of the European guys like Stockhausen who were like mm. doing very academic very yeah. like cerebral stuff and then the, the, the American stuff is, is, is kind of more fun yeah it is more fun it's, it's more accessible even though it's you know maybe seen by some to be quite inaccessible but mm-hmm. that, that kind of music American minimalism I looked at that a lot in my in my studies in my dissertation and that would have to like especially um steve reich yeah he's he's one of my biggest inspirations of uh, for my electronic music yeah like i love and for me music's about a mood it's not really about what it's called or the components it's about how it makes my mind feel yeah and his music i I, when i make music i want it to feel like how i feel when i listen to his music that music for 18 musicians is like the is the kind of blueprint like yeah that terry riley no, that, that's, that's a Steve Reich Oh, that piece, is Steve Reich, sorry. The, yeah. the Terry Riley one you're thinking of, probably in C, which Steve yeah. Reich was involved with as, oh, as well. Oh, of course, yeah, I mixed up there, yeah. But yeah, like, but like terms like minimalism are super useful, like, and actually, you know, you can resist it or, or whatever. But like, my, my point is that like, having people say vaporwave drum and bass or vaporwave and stuff probably has, has, has really helped the Pizza Hotline project and this album in particular. And I like... There seems to, it seems to have like kicked the the old algorithm into overdrive. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty privileged actually in yeah. that department. And that's how I came across you. I think through the oh, through we... the four, four a.m. breaks. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and what did you? I'm interested. Did you subscribe to them already? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, cool. and I was listening to these these kind of mixes of, mm. of of gaming. Yeah, like of this 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 un- uncanny 
like drum and bass music that was that was in games. Yeah. And, yeah, and then I stumbled across yours, and obviously the artwork is like super arresting. Yeah, thank you. So, who, so who, who's uh, responsible for that artwork he, then? He's an absolute wizard mm-hmm. from Argentina. Yeah, I think that might be wrong. Uh, it's around that area. South American artist. Yes, 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 yes. Visualized. He also makes music. Yeah. He's actually done a remix on the album. His is the last track. He's yeah. called Gendema. G-E-N-D-E-M-A. Yeah. He's one of the most talented visual artists I've ever come across. And yeah. He does. He helps do artwork for the label Villain. Yep. Yeah, with an A. Yeah. He does art for them. And he Villain ta- with a four. Villain with a four. It's, it's a got four an A in A anyway. I'm so dyslexic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've always thought it was an A, but yeah, it's a four instead of an A. Yeah, yeah. Um, he does artwork for them. And uh, when I find their label, their artwork, yeah. you know, you use the word arresting, that's exactly the word I'd yeah. use. It totally blows my mind. They're like artwork. layout specialists, right? Like a, mm. th- I think a lot of those releases credit somebody, probably this guy, for like formatting these, these releases mm-hmm. like really mm-hmm. well, even if there's a, somebody else has done the original artist. Mm. This guy did both for you, did he? Like, he the, the did. He did level select, yeah. Um, and but he, like, I mean, oh, the, the full he designed the image and did and, and, for, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It for, for oh, physical media. Yeah, my knowledge of like graphics is pretty like sta- uh, um, superficial. I didn't know yeah. he had somebody who does layouts as well as the yeah. Pictures. That's well, I mean, not uh, normally, but I think that that's that's what I've the, yeah. the kind of villain pure life. Mm. And a world, I seem to see yeah. see that, and that's that's a flex. They they take shit seriously. We have a person to do the, the, the pictures, and they yeah. have a person to lay them out. That's super yeah, yeah. cool. I love that. You know, they all take their artwork seriously, and I love that. And it's super important today. You know, we live in this world where like, we're satiated with so much music. You kind of need decent artwork to like yeah. help stuff stand out a bit more. Yeah. Um, and so Jen Demmer, um, or I call him G. Yeah. He makes music under Jen Demmer or his other alias is, oh, I can't remember, if you go to Around the Water Cooler on Bandcamp, yeah. he's done an album on there that's really good. Cool. And that's your, your label? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a label dormant that... Dormant kind of label? Uh, yeah, let's use the word dormant. Yeah, yeah, I kind of made it and I didn't ever take it super seriously. I just yeah. kind of put stuff on there every now and again. And if someone sent me a decent release, I'd put it up there. Mm-hmm. Everything's free, I think. Um, I did some tapes, they went well, but yeah, I'm kind of moved on to my own Pizza Hotline Bandcamp now yeah. and I'm going to use that as my kind of platform but um yeah jen demmer he I, I can't remember what happened he sent me an album and i released it and thought it was really original really interesting and he was like oh, i also do visuals turns out that was his thing like he, out, bro. he yeah i know he he does he does graphic art as his main thing i think and yeah. music as his perhaps secondary i don't know but i think that's the way um but his, his visual art's super strong i mean it's mind-blowing and he he did um he did a couple of tapes for me and then he did and then I, I made level select over the course of a year just I'd, I'd, I'd work on a tune for like six hours and then it wouldn't work on one for like three months and then I'd come back and do maybe seven hours ten hours and then wouldn't work on one for a couple of months and then that's an eternity in the internet music world and in, in, you know where, in the world where people can like bang out an album and the, the jokes that it like that you can make an album quicker than it takes to listen to yeah, that's a really good well. yeah I heard that on the um, luxury, luxury elite pod interview you did which was super cool and um, I used to make music really fast I used to make music like like non-vaporwave music I yeah. used to make so fast when I had loads of time now my life's different and yeah. my brain is different and like I can only make music when I when my mind wants to I don't I can't force it and you know yeah. what it's like otherwise extra, extra difficult now with dads right y- yeah you probably have to book book time in I do yeah. have you had any time to make music I have since? actually yeah so yeah. I've been working on another another yeah. next Peter Hotline release so when, when Ruth goes away and maybe you know hangs out with the mates then I'm like oh let's make some music yeah it has to be much more sort of structured and disciplined so yeah for better or worse yeah there, there's, there's a pros there's a plus for it well said super yeah. De- yeah well said well said but anyway so I got uh, Jen Dimmer Jen Dima. he he um 
So he, he, I, I had this idea for a controller floating in a white room or an yeah. object floating in a white yeah. room for, for, this, for six months. I was like, an object, what's the object? What's the object going to be? And I was really inspired by the Vaporer album. Mm-hmm. The, the, what do they call it? Uh, something, trap, Vapor Trap. Vapor Trap, yeah. Which yeah. I guess like, level selects a similar thing accidentally. Yeah. Um, really accidentally. I'm not just saying that. It's like, it didn't mean for the association to be there so strongly. But um, I just wanted an object floating in a white room. And for a long time, it was going to be a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. Because I find this really interesting pack of cigarettes on the floor in London that it's a Japanese pack of cigarettes and they're called like Sky Blue Wolf. And okay. there's no. Uh, don't smoke or it'll kill you signs on there it's just like a scut the, the clean packaging yeah it's super clean and it's like the most beautiful I kept it I actually have it mm-hmm. in my house and it's the most gorgeous thing and I wanted that to be on there but then it eventually just turned into a controller and then I got someone to do it and then he did it he did a really good job of it and then eventually somehow just gentlemen just did it for me and um, it blew my mind I didn't I didn't know what to do with the, the album though so I just sent it to Tony at City Man saying oh do you know a label that might be good for it because I couldn't think of any labels because yeah. I was thinking of drum and bass specific labels yeah, yeah 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 you are yeah you have um, you'll find a home <laughs> you always do um, and uh, I was trying to look for vapor speci- no sorry I was trying to look for drum and bass specific labels and um, I th- turned out that was a stupid idea yeah. uh, and Tony was just like I really like it let's yeah. That's one I to put They've out. They put out um, Ursula's cartridges records, which which do a similar thing. Even even mm. like the sort of wipeout aesthetic. I think the wipeout one was actually on on MPF, but the yeah. There, mm-hmm. there, there is kind of ravey stuff on there and Tony clearly has an ear for that sound doesn't he? yeah yeah and all this stuff's been under my nose I was like oh I need to find all these mm-hmm. new labels who I don't know yet and yeah. all this stuff was under my nose the whole time yeah. yeah most drum and bass labels would be looking for club tracks wouldn't they that's it I mean I heard your music in a, in, in the club in the club da club um, a couple <laughs> of weekends ago and you know it works fucking well yeah cool cool but Thanks. you know it's there's partly the thrill of hearing these kind of PlayStation sounds mm. Like it's almost reverse engineered, right? It sounds that have gone from the club to the console back to the club, right? Interesting insight. That's really interesting. It's, that's that's a bit of a buzz. I've always enjoyed hearing that in clubs. Like what you're saying about this kind of almost needing this as like a kind of refresher from the kind of more serious techno stuff. Like mm. I was going, um, you know, I used to go to clubs a lot when I wasn't a dad, <laughs> and um, yeah, like there, there's you know. Um, uh, this idea in kind of British music discourse of the hardcore continuum, which is like the the there's there's like a thread linking British music all through you know like hardcore and drum and bass and garage and dubstep and there's there's like a kind mm. of thread linking linking kind of British sounds. Breaks seem to be kind of prevalent throughout the whole thing, but there's mm. this yin yang of like kind of macho sort of tough sounds and then kind of more uh, fruity. Uh, girly kind of fun sounds mm, mm. and I think like maybe this kind of yin yang thing of having um, them together having your two projects yeah, kind of uh, yeah, yeah. kind of makes sense yeah um, well put but yeah I, remember, yeah, what I was going to say is like going to clubs and like going to a lot of the hearing a lot of non-fruity music heady music let's call it heady I, stuff I like using the word heady like, yeah. yeah 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 um, and then but then like when you go to a club and you hear somebody dropping something like really fruity I remember hearing like um think maybe like boo williams playing like a uh georgia Moroda track or something like just 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 hearing things like that like hearing naughty things like the all those guys like floating points and fortet are really good at just playing like silly songs in the club and just yeah. being like come on this this is this is a space for fun like this isn't like a yeah space. too, too like, right have and fun the uk scene in in terms of like house and techno is yeah. super serious it takes itself yeah. so seriously and i think yeah, i was just a bit worn be. out from yeah. that yeah i still i still am a bit yeah you know and like i 
yeah and that mr finger stuff is is fun right like the stuff that, fun that you're music. Doing. yeah it's and music. it's melodic yeah it's music that doesn't take itself too seriously and like you get people who have a really high opinion of themselves and stuff and i i don't know i was just a bit done with it i yeah. think and like maybe i'll go back i probably will but i just wanted to do something a bit some of that techno stuff is is funny like inadvertently or not right looks kind of the whole sort of basic channel uh rhythm and sound thing even sort of ricardo villalobos and stuff like these these kind of these guys are sort of fun almost because they take themselves so seriously these kind of very po-faced sort of germans or yeah. whatever like mark ernestus mm. whatever moritz von oswald yeah and yeah they're doing like incredibly dorky yeah. things with sound or it's like it's it, sometimes it's funny if it's like i've got a new single out and it's 29 minutes long or whatever you know like that's <laughs> kind of funny in and, in and of itself i love moritz von oswald one of my heroes mm-hmm. um Another one of my heroes, as well as Soishi. Uh, yeah. I, I, there's this interview with him. He's so funny. Yeah. Do you know he's um, like an aristocrat? Okay, he's well, like it sounds a like it. German royalty, wow. like or like he came from like <clears throat> his his family crest, like has yeah. a wiki page, and you can find it. It's, wow. Yeah, I know. It's really he's a really interesting chap. So why is that like a funny thing to us, but with with somebody <laughs> who's like who's European? But like when you find out, it's like. Um, I can't even remember what they were called, but there was like a DJ crew who were like big in the business techno world and it became apparent that they were the landlords of like Brixton Market <laughs> who were like responsible for evicting, you know, all the kind of original shopkeepers and stuff. Oh, no. And then you see like this this Goldman Sachs CEO who was like DJing at Lollapalooza or <laughs> Coachella or whatever. Like, why is it funny that Moritz... Well, it's, it's almost because it's so ridiculous, like a yeah. German aristocrat versus like some banker. Or you can't even make it up, can yeah. you? And both, I, both should really be unacceptable apart from the fact that Morris Van Oswald is really good. Yeah, he is just one of the biggest innovators in in 4-4 electronic music I've ever heard. And um, I love this interview with him. He's so super serious guy. Um, like he has the Morris Van Oswald trio. I'm not yeah. sure if you've seen that. Super yeah. serious stuff, very heady. And he doesn't do many interviews and because I'm massively obsessed with Basic Channel and uh, Rhythm and Sound and his whole history, his music history. And... Um, He's sitting there with a cravat. He has like a cravat like tied around his neck and he's sitting there. I, I like to think he was smoking a cigarette, but he's probably not. It's just my memory putting the cigarette in his hand to make it seem more funny. And Glass of brandy, I think. Something like that. And then someone says to him what it's like working with, I think it's Juan Atkins. They yeah, say, well, I yeah. think it's Juan Atkins or Carl yeah. Craig. And they, he says, he's like, he's like, what's it like working with so-and-so? And he goes, he plays one note and I am inspired. <laughs> which is Which is so true. Yeah. But the way he says it and the context and who he is, is just hilarious to me and i love that like and i can i think it's important to enjoy this really serious music for what it is and not you know but you can take things seriously or not it doesn't really matter i'm not necessarily trying to get back on my sort of anti-american horse but (laughs) uh one thing a lot of those guys say so juan atkins and uh like some of the yeah like chicago detroit guys even the people who make like duke and footwork and stuff is that they've got very little audience for their music back at home. Like, the, the history of, of electronic music in the States is so complicated because, you know, the, the house and techno sounds that we know and love originate from them, you know, mm. with, with strong influence from, from Kraftwerk. But, like, electronic music in the States has really taken a long time to kind of catch on. And I think oh. it was the, the innovation was happening in Britain and in Europe yeah. and in, in Japan and stuff. Like, And a lot of these guys still have to, you know, they do all their gigs and stuff in, in, in Europe. I didn't you know, know that. I don't necessarily have a, a massive audience at home. Following all of them, like, yeah. you know, religiously for a long time. Like, I, like I, um, U- US house and techno is my favorite kind, yeah. uh, even though I like German stuff. But, yeah. like, US is, like, some of my favorite. Yeah. I just assumed they were touring there as well. Yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, there's things like Movement Festival in Detroit and stuff. But, like, the, these, these guys, yeah, the Chicago footwork guys, 
you know, they got they they have like a, a local following, but it was people like um, Code Nine mm. and um, uh, who does who's who who makes music uh, music as music. You know, you know the artist music. No, um, no. Mike Paradinas is the name I was looking for. They put out all those bangs, bangs and works compilations of, of footwork stuff like that. It, it got massively kind of bigged up in in UK and Europe yeah. and stuff. And all those DJs are just like here the whole freaking time. Yeah, DJ Bone is a famous Detroit guy. Mm-hmm. He lives in Amsterdam. Yeah, because he said to me, he was like, "I live in Amsterdam because like otherwise I'd just be flying from the states all the time." Yeah, like, he doesn't go back to this. Yeah. Well, I think he does, but it's just Central Europe, isn't it? But yeah, you mm. like. Um, I think, I mean, electronic music is, is big in the States now. Like, I remember, like, I think we're old enough to have witnessed in real time this kind of dubstep sound mm. being kind of uh, transplanted from, from the UK where it was one thing to the States where it became something else. Oh, like, that yeah. was a big thing yeah. that we moved, that we kind of witnessed. And I think that was a big passing the torch moment. And this kind of mm. EDM is almost like this kind of evangelical discovery of electronic music for the first time in the states where like with festival crowds you mean stuff. the really intense over the top sound yeah this yeah. EDM like it got massively yeah. american americanized and, like, is that what it's like there predominantly do you think in parties and stuff when they say oh they don't have much audience for their music like juan atkins do you think yeah. it's, a lot of the parties are just that kind of music yeah wow, I think so. it's so strange that yeah it is that it, it must be do you think it's a, a result of social media I think it's just American taste. Like, I was, yeah. there's a really good thing on Netflix yeah. at the moment, which is a documentary about Woodstock '99, which is like obviously the original Woodstock is kind of legendary hippie festival, and then they tried to recreate it in <laughs> 1999, and it was like, you know, what the the dying days of Gen X, like early millennials. The mu- music of the time was Limp Bizkit and Corn. Oh yeah, it was a freaking disaster, and they <laughs> they show clips like it got really ugly in their rave tent, and I think like, you know, like the the rave tent was headlined by by Fatboy Slim. You know, like they had to get a British mm, British act. Yeah, to yeah, do it. But, yeah. Um, Sounds about right. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I, I think like the innovation at this period of time was was being done by by British and yeah. Japanese composers, and so, yeah, there's there's big parallels between UK music culture and Japanese culture. I think there's like an island thing where it's like people are quite patriotic and mm. they kind of pick and choose what they like from other cultures and they kind of do their own thing with it. And I feel like Britain and Japan. Japanese, British and Japanese musicians came to kind of really interesting conclusions at this, mm-hmm. this period mm-hmm. of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. I don't know. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that's, that's no, too deep. I agree with that, actually. And it's something I've not thought a huge amount about. Yeah. But I love a lot of Japanese electronic music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have got some questions from fans and listeners. Um, Adam Pierce asked a bunch of questions. He did. Including, I, yeah. uh, most importantly, what type of underwear you favour. And he said, he asked me if I wear, was it uh, pants or joggers? No, uh, boxers, sorry. Pants <laughs> or boxers. The answer is boxers, nothing but boxers. But, um, yeah. Adam. Never nothing at all? Uh, no, but I do have an OnlyFans, Adam, so if you want to uh, you nice. know, sell things on there. We've all got to eat. <laughs> <laughs> he asked a load of questions. What else did he, what else did he have? Well, I mean, you can kind of... Uh, there was uh, another person with a very nice username, which was Ball Sexquisite. These are some interesting questions on people. Yeah. I think they <laughs> might have... Um, <laughs> Moved over from your OnlyFans kind of. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't. I don't know. Peter Hotline OnlyFans for years before I made music. Did I not say? 
Yeah, mo- I think most of their questions are about workflow. I think I think that's what yeah. we can summarize. So like, cool. let's let's let's. Uh, we can get technical if you want. I love it. Yeah, love, we've got we've thing. got nerdy already. Let's we might as well, uh, oh, let's go carry on. Um, but yeah, like specifically maybe with with pizza hotline stuff, and maybe you know specifically with what you've been doing more recently. Like, what's your work process? Uh, so uh, previously, it was always uh, synthesized usually with hardware mm-hmm. and arranged in Ableton. Yeah, um, and then some software synths and like mixing specifically in the box i don't mix out of the box because i love the convenience of plugins and they have a yep. very convincing sound i'm a bit big of an analog plugins. love plugins i'm a bit of an analog i used to be a bit of an analog snob like when i was a student but big I'm, up stock plugins yeah stock plugins mate yeah. they can be amazing yeah. yeah um big up yeah just big up like big up in my opinion big up whatever whatever tool it takes to get the job done yeah. at the time and finish your fucking music yeah exactly like i i'm so tired of like I don't know, just people saying, oh, you need, like, I, I work as an audio professional now, like, it's my job, and people just saying, oh, you shouldn't do that because everyone says you shouldn't. You shouldn't use this type of cut to do this kind of thing. I just, like, I'm just don't be like that. Don't yeah. think like that. It will just limit your music or make it sound like everyone else's. Yeah. Um, but now for Pizza Hotline, um, it is like the entirety of level select was made all in the box yeah. with samples. And I don't usually use samples, not because I have a grudge against them, it's just they didn't they didn't harbor the results that I was looking for previously. Um, I used to want to make like synthesized music with synths, like tweaking parameters live, you know, with samples, you're obviously limited to what the audio content is there, but I made it all with samples. I had this, uh, there's a load of nineties jungle packs, um, called, um, there's one called, Jungle Jungle. It's just like a jungle. Yeah, Have you got it? You, let's ev- get that one up. Everyone's got it, yeah. It's awesome. by Blue Martin. Yeah. Go download it. What about it. this? It's, Billy Bunter? I don't have that one, no. Oh. I... I had jungle I, jungle. Yeah, there you go. That's it. It's, what about these zero G? I don't have that. Oh, Maybe you could send me that because I've been trying to download that and like the add me on the, me- the mirrors are yeah I'll add you on Lima. the mirrors are all dead for it yeah. it'll just take someone to upload maybe, yeah. maybe yeah. naughty naughty places of Reddit that's it yeah 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 so um I made yeah, I made it exclusively with samples and I did actually tell a lie I all the melodies are synthesized with Serum I yeah. love that synth I used to make um, presets for Serum as a job wow um, so doing that you learn something inside and out really don't you wow um, that was a cool job and I used to make samples for a job shout out presets so, again <laughs> shout out presets like you'll hear especially like, when when you hear like a sound from another record and you, yeah. you, you make those mental lately bass yeah, yeah lately exactly, bass man exactly. yeah don't slag off presets yeah. ever like that's a big part of vaporwave like the way people make vaporwave now is not using samples necessarily in the conventional sense where you you know slow down somebody mm. else's song but like sampling using familiar preset sounds to make <sighs> original music i think i think that's yeah. a form of sampling that's, yeah of course yeah. yeah totally yeah yeah it's like a referential thing isn't it yeah um and yeah so everything was done with serum uh all the bass lines um i'll give away my secret that i stole from someone else <laughs> um it's just a sampled sine wave or a sample data weight kick yeah into an Able- ableton sampler but my secret to make things sound a bit old is just put it through like I'm not even kidding, like five stages of tape distortion. Yeah. Something like that. But they're all just poking it a tiny bit. Yeah. Um, or like five stages of analog, noisy analog compression, but each yeah. compressor's doing like one or two max yeah. dB of gain reduction. You won't hear those sine waves otherwise, will you? For those subs? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, they'll yeah. get, yeah, squared off. Or like, um, and or, or you're just taking a pure sine, you're trying to generate overtones. Yeah. And you, if, obviously using analog mod- modeling stuff, it'll create overtones that are mathematically related to the fundamentals. So like, that will sound really nice. And that's kind of... You've got a degree in this. <laughs> yes um but um 
Uh, yeah, so uh, just loads of analog modeling plugins, like to make like that sound. Uh, there's a really good one by this plugin, uh, this company called Tone Boosters. It's like forty quid. It's called Real Bus. Sounds unbelievable. It's, no one talks about it. I don't yeah. know why it, everyone should talk about it. It's unbelievable. Uh, Isotope Trash Two. Yeah, there's some great saturation algorithms in there. I think that is or was free. Is it? Yeah, or for like <sighs> twenty quid because it's because it's so an old it. plugin, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and they, I don't it. think they maintain it anymore. But it, that does some naughty things. Amazing. Um, what other Satra Fab Filter Saturn is all right. I find that better for high end stuff, as in like for yeah. high frequencies. Not as good for lows, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, and it's a posh one as well. It is. It is a posh and expensive one, but the modulation options are insane if you want to use them. Um, and yeah, the pads. The pads are mostly sampled, or yeah, everything's synthesized in in Serum. I think. I think moving forward, I'm going to work on uh, you know loads of this music. Um, I want to um, be a bit more original with it. I was very fast and loose with my sampling, and like I feel like. I made it not knowing what would happen. I didn't think that anyone would really listen to it. I'm not even joking you, like like my other albums, like they didn't really get many plays. Yeah. Um, so now, unfortunately, I'm very self-conscious about moving forward musically. Like, I'm like, not that I won't make music, but I'm just like, oh, I don't have that blissful ignorance that I previously yeah, had. you've got an audience and you need to retain them. Right? I know. <laughs> not that I feel like I should, because I feel like like I'll never make stuff that I'm not happy with, ever. Yeah. Like, that's just not something I'll ever want to do. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely conscious about it now. But in terms of the breaks, they're all just very famous yeah. breaks that have been sampled billions of times from yeah. sample packs. I don't think any of them are doctored in any way, as in they're processed lots, um, yeah. but not take. I don't take. I didn't add samples to them. I don't. Maybe I did. I did layering breaks a bit, but the music I've worked yeah. worked on since Level Select, I don't want to use any original uh, any purely sample breaks i want to what i'm what i'm doing now is just taking snares from different breaks and the midi swing yeah. data or the midi data from a break and then just yeah. filling it in with different sounds because i just want to sound a bit more original really i don't think i could do the same thing again i wouldn't want to do that really i think that's another part of the sort of yin yang thing which is like um electronic music that's got sample drums like particularly breaks versus mm. electronic music that's got programmed drums you know like the, the kind of techno sound and obviously like some of this kind of liquidy drum and bass stuff actually kind of started to kind of shift more towards that didn't it using kind of programmed breaks yeah having this kind of more machine-like thing obviously also kind of led to sort of kind of that sort of heavier hitting sort of jump up kind of style which maybe isn't particularly relevant to to what you do but is is popular isn't it those those kind of hard hitting one shot kind of drum sounds yeah citron saxo wobs yeah yeah when i was growing up i loved that wobby drum and bass you say you got a background in bristol is that right yeah yeah Yeah, that's the bristol Bristol sound that's it yeah it always cracks me up i don't know (laughs) i think they call it like triplet like triplet drum and bass you know when oh (laughs) (laughs) where it sounds like a sort of austrian kind of folk dance or something that's always cracked me up that is funny isn't it oh god yeah yeah, um, but the question was. I just want to make sure I've answered the question. It was, "What's workflow?" Just how do you? Yeah, what what uh, knickers do you wear, and what's your <laughs> what's your workflow? I think you've answered it really well. I just want to do, give a quick shout out to to somebody who was actually present at the the Pure Live event where we met. Um, so they actually snapped like a really nice picture of me. Uh, <laughs> which uh, shout yeah, thanks for that. The the artist is is called uh, Shirabon. And they were like, oh, yeah, I make some music or whatever. Yeah, they checked re- their music out. Yeah, they really make some it's music. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they are a photographer. Mm-hmm. And have you seen their photos as well? Oh, well, you've yeah, seen yeah, the photo yeah. of That's you. Right, yeah. But have you been on their Instagram? Yeah, yeah. Their photos are 
beautiful and yeah, then they, kind of this kind of dream punk yeah like from actual photographs and yeah, the yeah. music they, they they messaged me and went oh, um yeah they said the same did they say the same to you yeah oh, maybe they got a stock message and uh, no 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 no. i'm sure i'm sure yeah. it's personal but but then they they sent to me like an ep of like ps1 drum bass they called yeah. it and it was like so well put together yeah. really interesting did you They're so um I was going to say promiscuous. Promiscuous <laughs> isn't the right word. What's the... What's the, the, the you mean like a dark horse? No, no. Somebody who makes lots of music. Oh, prolific? Prolific. Yes. Let's go with that. Yeah. But maybe promiscuous. You know, <laughs> you, do, you do your own thing. We've got a plug-in that can take out. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I think that looks right. Um, but yeah, they were like, oh, by the way... Uh, well, actually, I don't think they even told me. I found themselves. So they they um, extract, uh, extrapolated a load of... Um, uh, reverbs from from PlayStation games. They got like a convolution reverb pack available on their Bandcamp. Blew so, my mind when I yeah. find that. I'm actually I'm going to use that in my yeah. music. I was going to ask, is that so? That's that you discovered that post putting out the record. I probably that, discovered so. it like the same day or week you did because yeah, yeah. you know I met met him at, um, at, uh, at the, the Friday at, of the gig. Yeah, yeah and then um, yeah, the same thing. Just thought, I'll check out my tunes, and then I find so they've made in, in, they take an impulse responses of the onboard reverb unit yeah. in the PS One. Yeah. yeah, which they actually put a. A, a CD, a CDR full of sine waves, just yeah. like bo- sweeps. broadband yeah, sweeps, yeah. and just capture them all. And I downloaded them. Um, they sound great. Yeah, put them nice. in, yeah, in a combination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out Shirabon. Massive shout out to Shirabon. I yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll tag you in this. So Hugely appreciate. Yeah, your your impulse response. Also, is, they were like quite casual. Like, oh, I make a bit of music as well as doing photography, and you go on Spotify, <laughs> and it's like quarter of a million monthly. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? And like, I was just like. Oh, I don't know. Just the pockets of not talent. That, not that that should matter, but like, but like, but like, I think deservedly so as well. Yeah. That's, that's not like yeah. algorithm fluke or or, yeah. or payola. That's like good that's, music. That, that's, getting a, that's a busy boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, just it's the pockets of talent, and these people just don't. Oh, I don't know. They've just, got Profit Six, by the way. What's that? Oh, a Profit Six. Yes. Oh, lovely. All right, I better join the club soon. <laughs> <laughs> right. Next question. What we got? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think we're, we're getting towards the end, but like. Um, Let's let's go for, for some big ones, and then um, and then then we can then we can get silly at the end. Cool. Um, actually, wait, just a brief side one because I know Enzo kind of wants to know, uh, yeah, like what what kind of drum and bass, like aside from the video game stuff, like what's the kind of jungle and drum and bass that that you, that you enjoy or enjoyed listening to? He's a big LTG Bookham. Okay, yeah, fan. so definitely Bookham. Yeah. Um, do you know what? Like, I always love Liquid and stuff, but yeah. the common trend of drum and bass that I've loved has just been minimal drum and bass just mm-hmm. minimalistic not too I, I said I like the wobs I did like a bit of that Fotec Fotec oh huge Fotec fan yeah. um, there's another artist like Fotec who's um, Paradox okay. I love Paradox super talented guy um, who else uh, Prodigy's early like break stuff just yeah. ma- obviously there was a massive foot in the door for most people like me and you more kind of maximalist right like yeah. kind of, it's always had this sort of rock and roll energy yeah. punk energy very so rock and roll very, cool. very punk but yeah in terms yeah. of drum and bass just minimal stuff like love LTJ Bookham Peche huge yeah, fan yeah. of Peche um, that that's kind the of OG stuff. like PlayStation Jungle was it that Peche set you know that's, that is Peche the, studio the, set yeah, yeah. that is the algorithm like yeah. you know, oh. PlayStation you know it's not PlayStation music but it might as well be yeah. fucking hell that artwork man I, I see it in my dreams like yeah. what what is it I saw on someone on Reddit bought, I want it tattooed on my back bought a mug of it yeah and like they wrote something like me and my brother have listened to this mix like hundreds of thousands of times and we can't stop and it's such a good it's such a good mix that hypersleep tune have you heard that 97 mm-hmm. revamp yeah. that that sound like is 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 me in, in terms yeah. of drum and bass that whole sound it doesn't need to be like liquid although it is chill that drum and bass but yeah so that kind of stuff uh, just complete. but but yeah what 
one of my yeah, as I said earlier, my biggest in, inspiration is Soichi's drum and bass. Which you, if you haven't checked, Soichi Torado makes drum and bass. He, Ape Escape soundtrack is like drum and bass. Ah, it's it's gotcha. like really clean, early minimalist jungle, but it's not. You can tell that it hasn't been a product of someone who grew up in the UK. Yeah, because it doesn't have that hard energy. Obviously, he made it for a drum. He's quite a goofy, funny guy, isn't he? he his Hawaiian is, shirts yeah. and he doesn't he, take he life plays too with his little sense live and stuff. Like, he, yeah. it's like most most people do like moody DJ sets, and he's there with his tiny like portable synths and stuff, like yeah, doing yeah. stylophone solos and like really mug into the crowd. And you like, go to a I festival, and there's all these like super serious like techno people who I love, yeah. but then you go see him, and it's like, oh, I just love someone like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tell uh, me which one's more fun. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> so she, but um. Yeah, so check out Ape Escape. The album, the soundtrack is phenomenal. Yeah. Like, it's a work of art. It really, really is. Oh, wow. it, yeah. So and what's the game? Uh, the game is Ape Escape. Yeah. Um, it's called Ape Escape, and it's just the Ape Escape OST. He, there's, Ape Escape is a series that's been uh, added to by the developer for a... I think they're, still, they're not still making them, but there's Ape Escape 1, 2, Why are they three. little monkeys that roll around? So the way... The game is you are a person um, who is travels through time. Yeah. So the way it works is uh, this monkey... Uh, I think he created a, a hat that gives yeah, yeah. him like it's all ringing a bell. Yeah, that gives him intelligence. I played it in 2021. Uh, helmet, helmet kind of vibes. Yeah, yeah. So like he puts a helmet on and it, like it gives him intelligence, and he can command all these uh, monkeys that aren't as intelligent as him. And he tells them to go through time. And I think it, they change time to make it so monkeys are the dominant species and humans are not. Cool. And you're this this kid, um, cliche. You're a cliche nineties like cool kid named Spike, and you um, <laughs> you have to go through time with a time net given to you by this uh, doctor I can't remember his name and you have to catch monkeys and it's a really good game that really stands up I played it in 2021 and it blew my mind and that's another one of the catalysts that helped me get into this kind of stuff but Enzo definitely check out Level Select the OST and Level Select uh, sorry not Level Select oh my god I think it's checked out that one yeah (laughs) sorry Enzo you gotta check out a massive clanger oh god Um, you gotta check out Ape Escape OST and Ape Escape 3 OST Ape Escape 2 is not made by Sushi Tirada although it's good it's just different Um, he's got such a distinctive sound and that's so so difficult in electronic music to to have a distinctive sound when when everyone uses the same tools Mm, and yeah the same samples yeah yeah like and it's not a gear thing because you think about somebody like Burial you know he does Burial doesn't have gear. He's got Soundforge, video editor. Love it, love it. I downloaded it to try. Oh my god, it was a headache. Yeah, it's not going to make you Burial, is it? No, of course it won't. Although I thought it's all about the lived experience, and because he put so much of his his tastes and his personality into his music, and that's really what you should be doing. Like in my opinion, the reason, the thing that I like about vaporwave and the thing that I like about a lot of electronic music is it's like it's almost like a an alternative to songwriting. You know, it's like a way to be confessional and stuff. And like somebody like Burial tells his story through through samples and stuff, like manipulating existing music to kind of say what what he wants to say yeah. in the absence of wanting to or being able to play an acoustic guitar and sing a song. Yeah, yeah, and that just it's so much agency for people who can't do that. Yeah, who yeah. don't do that. Yeah, or don't want to. Like it's just yeah. it's, it's quite a modern way of doing things, isn't mm. it? Like people will always make songs at the acoustic guitar, but like there's something fucking cool about taking a brandy acapella or a ray j acapella yeah. and like manipulating it over your sort of garage beats and yeah. it's like painting sort of heartbreaking pictures and yeah. you know coincidentally that record burial's record is untrue it's yeah. full of metal gear solid sounds yeah absolutely that was a big part of my childhood like i yeah, play, yeah playing, playing that on playstation yeah yeah and and the the sound design more than the music the music is kind of eerie isn't it and you just hear yeah. kind of these case bullet casings kind mm-hmm. of rattling around and mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. the sound design is 
flawless some of the best yeah. i've heard in a video game and still i a lot of it's in in my music i yeah. i have all the sounds and i just use right. them all the we time need a sample swap don't we yeah yeah oh, we can, yeah we should put my hard drive yeah. <laughs> get in touch if you've got good samples as well maybe we need to start like a discord or something yeah actually i did start a discord yeah. called dual shock uh, okay. Which is the name of the PS One yeah, yeah. uh, controller, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's specifically for bangers hidden in video games that you can't really find on YouTube. Um, I haven't put it anywhere publicly. There's like ten people in it who it's not that active, but maybe I should crank it back up. Like, yeah. I think there's people who would be, in- be interested. Yeah, um, but I just I don't really have the time to manage a Discord. If you're interested, or if anyone's interested, mm-hmm. let me know. We can maybe do something. But I'd love for a community like that to be be thriving. It's just unfortunate I don't have the time to do that. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I think it might be a sound that that is is on the up, just because of you know there's there's a lot of people our age reminiscing mm-hmm. over that kind of music, and then there are younger people who are interested for for whatever reason in hearing us like uh, yeah. quasi boomers <laughs> reminiscing <laughs> about our childhoods. Yeah. I think I think other people's childhoods are interesting, right? Because it's like it's hard to imagine. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And you'll never be there. Yeah, yeah. No matter what you do or what you hear or what you yeah. think, you, you, you'll never be there. Truly, but you can offer people a taste, can't you? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 my kind of thought process with the kind of Witcher to LimeWire stuff. I, I do taking you back to those <gasps> those illegal file sharing. When days. I heard those tunes, it's such an interesting pocket of technology history. Mm-hmm. LimeWire, it's such a filthy pocket yeah. in terms. But it's of mad. <laughs> like Soulseek is, is is a big thing now. Yeah. And they're like, well, what's the difference? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the I interface guess... is so fugly. Like it might as well be LimeWire. Uh, I guess a virus. The, the difference is you can see what bit bit rate or maybe you could with LimeWire and I just didn't understand what that meant but yeah, yeah Celsius, we I, thought I, .exe was the, <laughs> the, the Limp Bizkit kind of format Linky Park format funny oh god oh man uh, yeah let's, let's we're on the kind of home stretch I think but I, I just like we've been talking or kind of implying some of the kind of more positive aspects about sort of nostalgia and uh, kind of maybe authenticity I wonder whether you've got any any reservations whether you think like that there might be a sort of creative dead end or whether you're aware of this kind of retromania hypothesis that simon reynolds has that that like too many artists are kind of digging back and they're, they're actually the most interesting stuff might not be hipsters like us digging back it might actually be people like skrillex making very futuristic yeah quite brash in your face music that's a provocative hypothesis that is a provocative hypothesis i wonder if you you think there's any merit i've thought about this a lot i actually think about this whole nostalgia thing this like i heard someone on a podcast recently say you know we've been stuck in a weird 80s nostalgia vortex for like 40 years (laughs) or like 30 years 90s noughties now isn't it yeah exactly and then you know i think that's partly due to like uh, that's partly one of the reasons why like the music i made was a bit successful because like i just um, accidentally tapped into it but I think about it a lot and the South Park episode about member berries I don't know if you've seen that where it's like they're taking the piss out of people who all they do is think about yeah it's just references it's like just yeah people people are ready to chat entirely in Simpsons from a very specific (laughs) set of series thinking about a time that was was what people perceive as better but probably wasn't it was just a time they remember as better it's a huge rose tinted glasses type of affair isn't it and I think about it a lot and I'm like is it bad for my mind to be constantly thinking back at things that probably weren't as good as they are now or maybe I don't know but um I, I, I don't, I'm completely addicted to using my phone, like yeah. absolutely, and I'm addicted to it because I'm obsessed with managing my artist profile. Yeah. I don't really That's do honest. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I don't do it's it in a personal sense. I don't put, oh, here's my baby, or here's my, yeah. here's my house I've painted. I don't. I'm not interested in doing that. But I'm, I'm interested in developing my artist pro- profile online, yeah. and I'm super addicted to my phone, and that comes hand in hand with the whole 
looking back because all the things I look at like all I look at is retro video game technology like uh, before I came here I was getting ready I was looking at like the, the chipset architecture of the Sega Saturn and I was like it's that guy called Techmoan do you know his channel love him massive yeah, yeah. fan of his and I'm like is he's it? reviewed some of the mini discs that you see up, up here I think has I think, he? yeah why? I'm not sure necessarily the MPF ones but like I th- some Vaporwave artists have, have got mini discs to him and I know that I think a kit equip uh, I think that's what you say his name. Equip, yeah. Um, yeah. I think they did a release on, on Wax Cylinder, <laughs> which is like the, 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 holy, the holy grail of like, hipster nonsense. Yeah, we but, thought that 8-track releases were silly. Yeah, Guess yeah. again, it's all about the 8-track, yeah. I've Fuck. got to show you, we've got, uh, there's a Dona Lens remix on a hot pink reel-to-reel tape in a little pizza box. I'll show you, I'll show you that before, before the end. Sex on legs. I've, yeah. I've actually been thinking about pizza boxes and... Mm-hmm. Oh, this would be a little pizza box. Uh, yeah, oh, that's really cool. Seven You've done inch that. Or whatever, that's yeah. really cool. I, I'm thinking about this association with 12 inch discs and pizzas because yeah. they're and vinyl because they're both 12 inch discs. Yeah, and I've got a lot of ideas. I'm not going to give anything away, but I got a lot nice. of ideas. Um, <laughs> be expensive. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. Anything not standard is going to be expensive. That's yeah. that's it. Yeah, but I've got a lot. Of, yeah, I've, I've too many ideas. <laughs> Some are really silly. But yeah, the whole pizza thing, people seem to really love it. Like, I don't know why. I, I guess it's that 80s pizza boy. Yeah, or a Teenage I, Mutant Ninja Turtles kind of thing. Like that, these kind of emoji yeah. pepperoni pizzas, you know. Like. Yeah, it's funny and I, I'm going to play the living shit out of it. Don't worry. <laughs> I love like hammering it up for people. It's yeah, cool. Like it. I think if, you, if you've struck on some gold, you know, keep, keep mining that reservoir. Like, I think the... You know, I don't just want to talk about myself, but like the my most successful music project is is one that really kind of defies what you're supposed to be doing. Like, which is like, you know, if you if you've discovered a good sound as an artist, like keep keep doing that because you know your, your audience will love it. But like yeah. the, the Donor Lens project is all over the place in my opinion. But which record are you referring to? Which just one? like every 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 yeah. record. Well, yeah. maybe every record has its own sound, which is probably yeah. enough. Oh. And I think that's that's true of Pizza Hotline as well, given Thanks, that like man. this. Yeah. You know, the, it hasn't be, always been a retro jungle act. No, hell no. It's, yeah. it's been through a lot of transformations. So yeah, and that's cool. why I'm thinking about yeah. my next stuff. Like, am I going to do the same thing again? As you said, well, you keep can mining. Do, yeah. Keep mining, I will. <laughs> but yeah, but equally, if you went in a different direction, I'm, I'm sure you would you would do justice to it as well. Thanks, mate. That's really nice of you. Cheers. That's cool. Let's finish on some, on some pizza chat then, because right. we've kind of hinted at it. So Let's um, go. Are you... Uh, Grease, greasy pizza or hipster pizza? Are we, are we wood fired or are we, are we sort of late night after a few drinks? Are we pizza, pizza hotline, hotline pizza yeah. from Heron Hill? Okay, yeah. this is a massive thing I think about a lot. Like, it keeps me up at night. And yeah. it's something that people think about, I think, you know. Mm-hmm. And do you know what? I think there's a pizza for every mood. And like, I'm really like, uh, you will catch me loving yeah. a Franco Manca and being like, yeah. this is banging. This yeah. was only £10 and it's a really good artisan pizza. But at the same time, you will catch me eating, there's this place by my place called Emparo Pizza in Finsbury Park. Cheap as hell. It's probably like eight quid for like a 16 inch pizza. And it's a greasy old thing. And it's yeah. got like American flags on the box. It's like so hilariously generic. Thick? Thick, deep dish. No. Actual deep dish? I, I don't know what is actual deep dish. It's thick. So my brother used to be based out in Chicago and like the, no first, way. the first couple of times I go out to visit him, it's a casserole, it's not a pizza. Oh, it's like a yeah, inch, the, okay, the, never. The, the tin's lined with butter. Oh, naughty. It's okay. naughty. Like uh, a bite to a slice is good. Yeah, a, yeah. Whole, a whole pie is obscene. <laughs> okay, so it's not, Empire pizza is not deep dish. I've, in that, I've never seen deep dish after hearing that, yeah, yeah. which I need to. Um, yeah. Someone educate me. 
Um, I want to try that. But um, yeah, once, so I think there's a pizza. Only. <laughs> I think yeah, there's a pizza for all occasions. Um, but there is, I think there is, there is bad pizza. You know, you get like a one quid pizza from Little. Sometimes those yeah, aren't yeah. so good. Yeah, the floppy ones on the styrofoam boards. Oh yeah, and actually, what once... about uh, one of those like microwave ones where you have to like construct a little sort of foil platform to kind of elevate? <laughs> I have never seen that, and I want Chicago, to. Chicago, Chicago Town. Chicago Town. Yeah, I, yeah. I've had them. Yeah, I... you have to manufacture a kind of plinth. Do you? Oh, so yeah. it cooks the bottom? Yeah, it's so raised. Yeah, the bottom does not get You're cooked, putting the pizza right. on the pedestal, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a pizza for all types. Um, uh, yeah, Frank and Manker in London's always good. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a place in London. They called- were like the first wave of kind of hipster pizzas. I call, yeah. I call them the burnt pizza. The you burnt, know? yeah. yeah. We're <laughs> going to burn it. Burns, burnt sourdough. We're going to burn it and it. we're going to charge you extra for the pleasure. Thank you very Delicious. much. <laughs> yeah, but their pizza's great, man. Yeah, yeah. And if you go into... Actually, when my wife was giving, not giving birth, but in labor, she was in labor for five days. She was like, just go and get oh, some yeah, food. Come on, it was a long time. Um, uh, I went to get a pizza and I went to Franco Manca and it was five quid for any takeaway pizza. 12 yeah. if you ordered from them, but five quid. So I think most Franco Mancas do this on weekdays. So, yeah. Nice. Shout out Franco Manca. Shout, shout out Franco Manca. Also, shout out, I mean, we probably should have plugged this a little bit more, but um, in November at Folklore in Hoxton, uh, Pizza Hotline is performing. I am with alongside Cat System Corp. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of this. His. Is amazing. I and think yourself. Yeah, so uh, I'm performing as part of Donor Lens. Performing as part of the Iverson band as well. Um, ah, okay, yeah. And yeah, there may be a sort of naughty rumble in the jungle at the end. Oh, let's see. A, let's a little, see. A little bit of a, D- a DJ free for all. Yeah, in folklore in Hoxton on the 12th of November. Yeah. See you there. But uh, next door to, to folklore, yard sale pizza. Is it yard sale? Oh, yeah. Amazing. I can't yeah, wait. Yeah. And um, I did actually put my rider to. Yeah, to, and you need to, some pizza. On well, your I said the rider is fine. Such a diva. <laughs> My girlfriend told me to do it, and I yeah. thought that is so funny. I was only joking, but if it happens, that'd be yeah, great. We'll, we'll five, on some pizzas. Five twelve-inch pizzas delivered to the dance floor. Wow. I really want that. <laughs> well, that's just what I said. Have you seen this video <laughs> with um, Katy Perry doing like a public appearance, and she's like uh, lobbing pizza into the crowd? There's what, what we were saying about American dancers. Yeah, my anti-Americanism is really coming out here. <laughs> but come on, this is not acceptable nightclub behavior. Katy Perry <laughs> lobbing pizza slices at the crowd, and like the the crowd uh, are so far away from her, like they're all yeah. falling short. They're like falling uh, into the security, into the photo pit. A waste of pizza is a is criminal never a good waste. Thing. No, yeah. even if it I lights. like Katy Perry. Yeah, she's good. Good, good artist. <laughs> she's, she's, she's a good. She's a good pop artist. Yeah. She's a good Sound pop artist. Like you're going cute. She she got her start in the new metal. Uh, well, she was a backing vocalist for P.O.D. Wow. Christian New Metal Band. Really interesting. Yeah. God, that's interesting. It's a factoid from Witcher to LimeWire. So, yeah, I think maybe when we go to this gig in the 12th of November, I might just have to spend all night at yard sale. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know. right. it's just next door, so it's fine. Yeah, I mean, maybe we can plug an auction next door and you can hear yeah, my yeah. Ch- <laughs> I don't blame you, man. Um, Pineapple on pizza? Do you know what? I, I the line always somewhere. hated it. Yeah, but, that's wrong. But in my, I haven't tried it since I was like 16. So like, I want to give it a go. You know? I didn't start liking Marmite till I was like 25. Yeah. So like, I'm ready for it, man. Let's do it. Oh, I bet Marmite on a pizza probably exists somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it does. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be cool. I'm sure that'd be really nice. Yeah, I'm a friend of him. <laughs> oh man, you're crowd pleaser. Let's leave that there. But yeah, thank you so much for giving up your time. I know you, time is, is precious when you're a new dad. So yeah, thanks a lot for, for coming down here. Hope people enjoyed listening to... Uh, Two nerds uh, finishing each other's sentences. Um, <laughs> finishing each other's pieces. 
Uh, yeah, man. Well, I was going to get some pizza in. I've, I've, <sighs> we, were, we were chatting too much. We, we, we still could. Yeah, oh, we yeah. We still could. Is it, a, is it a deep dish? Or a, <laughs> yeah. is it a shitty American or a, a posh, trendy? It's up to you, Let's man. find out. My, my, my local posh one is, is closed on Mondays. It's that posh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth opening. Yeah, yeah that's, that's definitely a trendy pizza place. Yeah, it's not yeah. even on Mondays. Yeah, oh, um, I like all pizzas. So, yeah, but thanks for having me. It's been really fun. And it's nice to do something in in person yep. you can see who you are and like you know I can speak, see you use my body language I'm quite you know like my body language and just Zoom I just find a bit sterile even though it is you know it's great but um, you know it's, it's been great to be here and great to talk about music with someone who's really interested and really knowledgeable with the history of modern electronic music so thank you for educating me and it's oh, been a pleasure you too cheers alright so that was Tom's interview with Peter Hotline. Loved it, man. So really interesting couple of guys that you are. <laughs> and I uh, loved at the end, there was a little nod to the pizza place uh, next to Folklore. Folklore will see Pizza Hotline perform um, at the end of the year in November at the, the second Future Sounds event, Double Vision. Yeah, I've, And you'll be performing too, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've, I've worked up an appetite now through, through this chat. Yeah. I'm really, really hungry. But yeah, I'll definitely be hungry <laughs> hungry at the, the Future Sounds Double Vision event because I'm performing as uh, part of Donor Lens, performing as part of Iverson. And, you know, as, as we've teased oh, sure. before, you know, at the end of the evening, you know, I might be called into action again um, if it's um, all hands on decks. Oh, very good. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm going to be hungry there. Wait, you're going to be knackered. Yeah, I know. You will be hungry. You should get free pizza for, for, for those duties. <laughs> well, uh, that Pizza Hotline has got pizza on his rider. <laughs> of course he does. Yeah, yeah. And Haribo. Uh, Enzo Oja. Um, no, I can't wait. It's going to be even bigger and better than, um, than the first Future Sounds event. So if you're in London, it's Hackney, right? Yeah, um, Hackney, Hoxton area. Yeah, then, um, then yeah, people should come down. There's still tickets available, Tom. Do you know? Yeah, there are. And it's November the 12th, I believe. November the 12th so yeah I mean I hopefully you know tickets. there's um, the week before uh, is the Pitchfork event you know Clanton um, Death Dynamic yes, Shrouds Negative Gemini yeah That's Fabric cool. so yeah. yeah hopefully you know if, if people are planning to, to travel for that event stick around for a week because you're going to get a little Cat System Corp bonus plus you know UK acts um, at our event so you know stick around so um, you know we can see you know, online and from from our sort of private chats with the boys, you know, they're, they're having a most amazing time in New York at this Electronicon event. But you and, know, uh, we're 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 building something here, and you know, hopefully, building something big enough that we can take overseas as well. That's the that's the ultimate plan, is it? To uh, to do something bigger and better, maybe maybe twenty three or twenty four. Yeah, I mean, for sure. It's if if all goes well, um, and we've got like a, a nice little format that we can take around, then then why not? It's it's exciting. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. As if Fateman needs any other reason to uh, stretch his lordship title on the uh, flights. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I saw he was in posh seats. Posh seats on the flight as well. Well, do you know why? He convinced Jack Dyson of uh, Space Jam to do this as well. Yeah. If you buy buy a little plot of land, yeah, you get rights to, yeah, lord, a lord title apparently. So does buy he? Does he buy regular? You know, a regular plane ticket and and frequently get upgraded to fancier seats on account of I, being a lord. I don't know if it happens frequently, but he said it's happened before, and then we were talking about it in one of the groups, mm. and then it literally happened. Wow. And there he was in these uh, these posh seats. So, jammy, uh, jammy, jammy. You know, yeah. Get get what you get what you get what you like when you're a lord, apparently, or a lady. 
So, um, so there you go. That's the top. They must uh, be confused what a, what a lord's cheap. doing. You know, buying the sort of economy price tickets. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's so modest. Oh, he travels yeah. so. You know. So let's 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 give him what he deserves. I don't know. We can't sort of vouch for its um, um, nope, effectiveness every this, time. Uh, but you know, if you want to purchase yourself a lordship, then um, yeah. you know, give it a go. Sixty percent of the time works every time. Paul uh, <laughs> Rudd, I think, once said. Uh, yeah, no, good on them. When they come back, I'm sure they'll have loads of great content and loads of wicked stories. Yeah, yeah. That, the next next episode will be that. So I think I might. Uh, I don't know about you, but I might duck out of the next episode because um, I don't know how much I'll be able <laughs> to contribute. <laughs> yeah, it should just be uh, Enzo and, and, uh, and Fateman. They should get Jay in as well. Yeah, no, uh, they should. Kidney on yeah. and just have a whole, you know, dedicated to it. And hopefully they're catching loads of audio. Yeah. That's, Way to the audiences that, that won't that's, that's my understanding of what the next episode is. So yeah, watch out for that soon. Oh, man. Well, Tom, this has been a, a pleasure. Yep. We have pleasure we've done... Always. You know, we've done a cheeky little breakaway, and uh, and I hope the audience have, have enjoyed it too. Both our chat and your fantastic interview with Pizza Hotline, which is super cool. interesting. Lovely speaking to you. Enjoy your holiday. You too, Tom. Cool. Yeah, flying off to France tomorrow. Lovely stuff. Enjoy. Cheers.